Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the BMW Championship. As usual, I am here. The, the, the Tyler Tambaline is back. My favorite Canadian from his road trip. Tyler, how are you? We missed you last week. I, I missed you, man. Pleasure to be back with you. I really Kenneth. didn't miss you. I was just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Bear off filled in nicely. I know that for a fact. Uh, I checked some of the stuff over. I listened to the pod back. Uh, quite the road trip for sure. We'll get into everything here. A lot to talk about this week, though, even with the shorter field, 69. Very nice number this week into the field. Uh, unfortunate for Patrick Reed. Hopefully he's okay, but uh, a lot going on. We're going to talk about Finau. We're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about strategy, lineups, everything to go with it. So uh, before we get into it, Kenny, I want to remind everyone very quickly, we are brought to you and presented by DraftKings.com. There will be a DraftKings sportsbook offer later for you guys. And then, of course, a lot of the stats that we're bringing to you throughout this podcast and show are from Fantasy Golf National. Head on over to that site at fantasygolfnational.com slash FGD and get yourself 20% off your first month. Rusty Kenny coming back in. But we got to talk about Tony Finau. Tony Finau coming in off the win. He got the job done. I know you've got a lot to say. I got some notes here as well, but I'll flip it over to you to get us started on the Finau W, his second. Yeah, it was great seeing him win. I had no money on him. I didn't have an outright on him. I had a bunch of them on DraftKings just because Reed withdrew. So that actually saved my ass for the week. I mean, I didn't win. Uh, but my Cascade Cornerstones were not that great. My whole cash – actually, it was day one, three, or four. They were not bad. It was the other two cash guys that I played that shit the bed. Um, now, what a win. I, and the thing is, it, it was – the way he won it was great. I know Cam gifted it to him at the end, going OB. Uh, on on that drive, but he, he he won that event. You know, a thirty on the back, uh, the long putt on fourteen, the par save on eighteen. You, I've never seen him look like that. There's a picture of him out there, looking straight gangster. Like I have never seen him like that. Like I saw that pick, and I saw him driving in the back of that car, just looking straight up. Like, you know, I, you don't see Tony looking like that. You know, like, at all. Like I, I didn't know what to make of it. Like, I didn't know what, what to think. Like, I was like, what is going on with Tony? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? I don't know what's going on. It ended up being a good thing. This dude was just straight up gangster on their asses. And, and with that look on his eye, I think uh, Joe uh, from Tor Picks, uh, from Preferred Lines, he was talking about how it reminded him of that look that LeBron had uh, when people were talking shit when he, was, when he won that last championship with the Cavs, where he was hunched over and just looking, looking all mean and shit. I mean, it was... It was pretty incredible stuff by Tony. I, what what a freaking win uh, by him to get that money. And an event like this, because, you know, his first win, everyone knows, Puerto Rico. But I remember watching that live. And it was a multiple-hole playoff with Steve Marino. Yeah. They hit the ball. Uh, it was 18 over and over again. And, like, you know, it, the, 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 the fair was pretty narrow on 18. But the way Puerto Rico was back then is all the, all the fairways just lined up next to each other. So he would miss his drive – to the 17th fairway so he could have an open shot and have to worry about trees or anything. Like it, it didn't really lose confidence, you know, uh, in his win because he was aiming for that every time. Uh, and the drive he hit on 18 now, the approach, not great uh, into that bunker, uh, but hit a good bunker shot, hit that seven foot putt in, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing stuff. And, you know, personally, 
you know, I was a little bit pissed off I didn't have money on him, but I, I haven't personally lost as much money on Tony over the years as some other people like Feinberg might have. Uh, so I can see why he was so, so happy about that. Uh, he won a pretty penny. And, um, and, and but I, and it was still, it was great seeing him win. And afterwards, all the, the tour players on Twitter, you saw Rom give him a, give him a Rocky Apollo Creed at the beach type hug. Uh, supposedly they're really good friends. Uh, he's just a, a nice guy. And finally, to get that monkey off of his back, uh, this could be I, I, first in the FedEx Cup right now. Uh, I would not be surprised if he keeps it going. I don't see anything stopping him because you always know the talent is there. Now he finally got that win. He knows what he's got to do on Sundays, just go straight up gangster on people and look like a mean motherfucker, mean mugging people uh, on the 18th hole, uh, not talking, not being friendly, just straight up vibing. I don't know. It was, it was incredible. I enjoyed watching him get that victory. It was a Tony that I had not seen before, and I am a big fan of. Now, what about you? What do you think? Oh, I got so many things to say. It's hard to pick up where you left off. I, I, I had money on ROM for days. That's the only thing that saved my week was having so much ROM in my lineups as far as DFS is concerned. But uh, just to see the hug from ROM, you mentioned it. That was incredible to see. Uh, you guys mentioned LeBron. I know it came out after the fact, but I already have the notes in my phone ready to go for today. I should just tweet it out when I, when I think about it. But the Mamba mentality was what it was for me. And then it happened to be Kobe Bryant's birthday. Today happens to be 824, which is National Kobe Day, RIP Kobe. But I, I love to see that. But the one thing that was the, the point that stood out to me, and this will still come across as criticism, but you know I'm going to say what I feel. By the way, fantasynational.com slash FGD. I got to go correct that and say what I feel so you can get your 20% off. But I got to say what I feel. When we came down on Tony at the Genesis over the Max Homa situation, you could have said maybe Max Homa potentially gifted that to him when he put it into the trees there, but not to be the case. They missed those short putts that came back around and Homa got the job done. Good for him. But what I will say, and I'll still stand by this, Kenny, I don't care, is we'll go back. I love Tony. I was cheering for him. Everyone's cheering for him, like you said. But when I go back to that event, I said the minute he found out he was in contention, he bobbled it on 18. I know he still shot that Sunday 64 at the Genesis at a very tough course, Riviera, but it was when he got into contention, he bobbled it. And funny enough, if you watch the post game of Finau yesterday, talking about this W and the big old grin on his face, like he should have, and he talked about it, he said, I know I'm a closer. And if you go back to the Genesis, a 64 closing round is what a closer does. So I know he didn't say it outright, but it was in his mind still thinking about that. And he certainly took something away, if not from all the other opportunities he had to close that particular event. And he had that in his mind and remembered that he can do the 64. Now this week, he's got the number one in the world who we're definitely going to talk a lot more about this week when it comes to the BMW, Mr. John Rahm, the defending champion of the BMW, different course. But that to me stood out. He said he knows he can beat him. He goes and gets it. We saw Answer just win a WGC. That for his first PGA Tour win, Tony, it was almost like he had to win another event because you wouldn't count the, the, the Puerto Rico. And I get why, but I'm just saying that's crazy when it's a, a tough enough um, league, if you will, to be in and then to, to win is that much harder. And now he has to almost prove himself twice. 39 top tens was going on 40. He did not want to see that. And I'll leave you with one more thing and flip it back, Kenny, a quote I got here. It's James Clear. He does a little email thing every week. You should sign up. It's not nothing to do with golf. It's called 321. He goes through and puts little quotes. He's got some great books out there that you can read. But I love this quote. Lack of confidence kills more dreams than lack of ability. And I think that really matters. And he talks about, and he goes further in the quote about talent matters, especially at elite levels. The PGA is elite. But at the same time, this, this guy just needed that little bit of extra confidence. And like you said, when he was sitting on the back of that ride, heading out to that hole, I don't care that Cam Smith 
plunged it right. That's that's part of the nerves on him. Tifinau did his job. And even on, back to my original point to round it out, on 18, it was almost like Ricky Fowler at the Masters where Reed won. Ricky did what he had to do on 18 to say, look, I know I can be there. Reed got some luck down the stretch and ended up still scooping it. But it, it's just the way it can go. It's tough to win on the PGA Tour. Finau closed it on 18, made that five, six footer that was definitely a tester to be in that. It wasn't Russell Henley from previous weeks where we saw him miss. And then Finau got the job done in the playoff. Doesn't matter if it's gifted to you. Uh, I, I responded to, I think it was he- Stephen Hennessy from Golf Digest. I said, doesn't matter, the Vin Diesel. Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Say what you want about Finau, all the narratives. He got the job done. Oh, Fast and Furious reference. I like it. I saw that movie. It was crazy. They went to space. I do not understand <laughs> that. But anyways, uh, yeah, speaking of Kobe, I mean, you know, they, I mean, Fina said that's the only jersey he owns, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you saw him wear that jersey at the Waste Management a couple of years back on 17 or 16. Um, and so uh, it was pretty wild stuff with all the Kobe stuff going around. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that mentality, that look, that, that focus, it, it, was, it was Kobe-like. It was yeah. it was Kobe like on Kobe's birthday the day before Mama Day, uh, so yeah, it was pretty amazing stuff. And if you think about what he did, you know the Puerto Rico Open that he won is probably one of the one of the worst fields. I would say bottom one percent of all of all tournaments of all time. And this event this past week was the strongest field in a non-major non-players ever, ever, and he won this event. Uh, so, so really good on Tony. I mean, other guys, Cam Smith, I thought Cam was going to ruin it for everyone. Really? <laughs> I did not, I, I did not see that, that, that coming uh, on, 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 on the playoff hole. And then Rom, a couple of bad bounces that, that, that drive on 18, that bounced straight into the bunker, a couple of balls that went into that bunker that maybe shouldn't have gone in. Uh, we saw a little bit of angry Rom uh, uh, when it came down to it. I mean, I guess, you know, there was no one on the course. So, people taking pictures and stuff like that. It's sort of, I think it was on 13, 14. Uh, when he started, he, you know, he, he, he got to a point where he started almost yelling at the, the camera guy. Uh, and I think they got into his head just a little bit, but I mean, like that can happen in golf. Little things like that can really make a big difference when it comes down to it. So uh, a little bit of bad luck for Ron, but I mean, that, that guy's, I, I mean, I, I faded him like an idiot. I think he has to be an autoplay. The only reason I faded him was because I was like, maybe I can get somebody cheaper. And he's had six weeks off, and that was a mistake. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake again this week. That's for damn sure. Um, because I, I expect him to be right up there once again. Uh, you know, and then we had some guys coming out of the blue uh, that really went clutch. Kevin Mitchell, uh, three birdies to end his round that got him into the top 70. Um, you saw Alex Norin have a nice little run uh, during the day. And then you saw the total opposite from Jordan Spieth, who was on my cash game cornerstones. Uh, first first golfer ever to have back-to-back Eagles and back-to-back triples in the same event ever, ever. The guy can score. He'll get you the points. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, that hurt a little bit. I don't know really what happened to him. Uh, and then, of course, you had Hovland break it a little bit. You don't really see it Victor Hovland. It wasn't like cheesy stoner looking Hovland. It was angry Hovland where he just threw his putter, broke it, uh, had a chip, had the putt with his wedge for the last 10, 11 holes uh, of the round, making a couple birdies uh, out there with his wedge. So it was, it was entertaining. It was, it was really fun to watch. Uh, it was, I luckily the job I'm on, I could like sit and hopefully my bosses are watching, but I, I you know, I could sit and watch 
uh, a lot of the rounds. So I saw the majority of it, even though I was at work. Uh, so it was definitely enjoyable, a lot of fun. Um, and, and, and good for Tony. I'm happy for him. I expect more to come. Uh, I don't think it's going to be 2,000 days until his next win. Uh, again, I can see it happening this week. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I can see it happening this week. I, and the thing is, he was so bad on par fives. Like, if he was average on par fives, he would have won this by three, four strokes. Um, also, I think, you know, looking looking at it in this field, it's like one of the worst par five scorers in the field uh, the last, like, 12 rounds, eight rounds or something like that. He was horrible. I don't know what's going on with him, but, you know, on 17 or 16, when it was par five, he went, made his birdie like he had to when it came down to it with the pressure on. Uh, and so maybe that will reverse his fortune uh, on those par fives. Uh, anything else we need to talk about about this past week? Yeah, no, I think the Jordan Spieth you said was definitely Jordan Spieth doing Jordan Spieth things. The, you know, the two Eagles back to back and then the two triples, you don't see that. Like you said, never happened. And he's the only Ever. guy you could kind of imagine that coming from, especially because the Eagles were holeouts. But uh, he certainly passed the magic beans along a little bit to Cam Smith. I know Tiger Woods has crushed a lot of dreams in the past. I was really worried the Australian Tiger King was going to crush some dreams there on Tony Finau at the end, like you said, but it certainly did not happen. Very happy for Tony. Uh, other one thing, and we'll bring him up this week anyway, so I won't go too more into these guys, but Keith Mitchell, down the stretch, those three birdies, needed three birdies basically to get in, and guy l l closes, leaves us out with a streak to get in to this BMW championship. I thought that was incredible. Uh, I as another add-on aside. I think I might have called him Kevin earlier, but yes, you Keith did. Mitchell. Is, yeah, my bad. I don't correct uh, you lots, but I'm glad you're catching on. So uh, you, nothing you else for me, me, Kenny. Like you said, a lot of it will carry over to this week. I like that they called you Kenneth by your real name last week. I did catch on to that one. So I won't call that you it too name. often, but I, I do like that name for you. I mean, that is my real American name. I have a Korean name too. Um, now, the Ryder Cup, what do you think about Reed? Do you think he has COVID? You think he's just I, I don't trying know to keep he has quiet? I don't know, but I do think this, like, I was trying to think about this today because we all thought when he withdrew uh, a couple weeks ago there that it meant he got the call. Uh, if you stay, if you stuck around back to me watching the, the post game, if, if you will, for Tony Finau, you saw him get the call from Strix to say, we'll see you there and everything and so on and so forth. You know, Captain Strix, I, you know, but now this makes me wonder a little bit about Reed and it'll be a lot of off time. Uh, it'll be Six not weeks. many great. Yeah, no, no good results to go with it. Already potential drama with Bryson and Brooks in the mix. By the way, I, I hope we get to see those two together at some point this week. It's a 30-man event, or a 69-man event. There has to be some way, shape, or form, if not the following week. I, I don't know. We'll see, but I think both are great options this week. But as far as Reed goes, man, I'm not really 100% sure, but it certainly seems a little bit tricky for Stricker to move forward with him as a captain's pick now. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's tough. I mean, the guy's coming off. Like you said, he hasn't been playing great. Um, I had this tweet uh, a few days ago, talking about Reed. Um, go ahead and talk about something, Tamara. While I find this, while I find this tweet. Oh, well, I, I know you move. guys. Are, you guys are talking <laughs> about Kisner, and you guys are talking no, about yeah, no. uh -uh. Uh, a bunch of other stuff to go with it. I certainly wasn't in on that one, but I, I guess uh -uh. Uh, you know, there's a funny thing about Kisner is he actually played here in a team event. I believe it was an 05 at this course that nobody's seen before, and he got the job done there. So they said it was more ammunition for the Ryder Cup conversation about getting it done with a team. But nothing else for me. I mean, like I said, Rom or Reed, we were really just playing from a motivation angle when we thought he was going to run the table to try and get in. Now it's a totally different story, and that's really where it's at for me. Uh, other than that, we're going to Lister League after you find this tweet. Yeah, well, I can't find it because I'm an idiot and I should be 
way better prepared. But still, let's go ahead and go to the listener league for this past week. Let me bring it up again. I am so ill-prepared every time I do this, but it's okay. Oh, another thing that helped me last week was actually winning, being in the uh, in the money in the uh, in the uh, Pat Mayo listener league, our listener league, and the fi- the one fifteen dollar entry I had. Uh, the, the crazy thing is, I had twenty six percent sixty six, and uh, I lost money. I think it was ten percent uh, over the board. So yeah, not great. But no wrong, we'll do that. And I did not, I, I had plenty of fee now. So so that was a little bit, made me a little bit angry. But let's go in and look at the Listener League winner. It was Clam, whoa, wow, Clam <laughs> Diggerball. I think he has his, his, his dog as his avatar holding a Frisbee. He had uh, John Rom, of course, finished third, 124 points. Uh, Tony Fee now the winner. Uh, Webb Simpson. Who again? I think had a ton of birdies. If I'm not mistaken, 21 birdies and an eagle. Uh, Munoz, another guy who had a ton of birdies, 19 birdies and an eagle. Uh, finished in 21st. Webb finished in 47th, and they almost had the same amount of points. Uh, Tringali, uh, man, he had a lot. 21 birdies and an eagle. Also, everyone, everyone basically had 21 birdies and an eagle last week. Is what it looked like. 93.5 points. Finished in 21st. And Taylor Gooch, uh, about six percent owned. Finished in 31st with 78.5 points. What do you think? Yeah, love the ROM start. I like what you mentioned there about Webb. Webb and Bryson were a couple of guys that did that. Uh, Bryson's one I'll bring up later, T31 or something with 90 DK. Uh, Webb even crazier, T47 with 86 and a half right there, matching some of the guys in 20th or better. So back to scoring, it matters. It'll matter even more this week. So I think that's great. Overall, the lineup was good. Uh, any clam digging stories from you, Kenny? Plenty, but they're, they're definitely not safe for work. I can tell you that. Not safe for the puck. You <laughs> okay. know, the funny thing, some people are telling, asking me about more stories that I, they want me to go. And I have plenty. The only issue is, like, some of them are incriminating. So I don't want to go to jail. Uh, the next, second one would be, some of them are very not safe for work. Uh, I have one that I have lined up for the fall swing because there's going to be less listeners. Everyone's going to football. So our our listenership goes down a little bit. It's just natural for, for our golf podcast in the fall swing. Um, I actually had to ask permission for, from this girl because um, it's very sensitive. uh, This happened. Let's just say I almost blinded a girl. in ways that you wouldn't think a girl could get blinded. But we'll leave that, we'll leave that there. I have permission. I, I, we'll see. I'll tell the story, and then the uh, the producer can tell me if we can actually let it loose on, on live YouTube, or, or we'll get in trouble. I don't know what's going to happen. So check it out, Fall Swing. I got one lined up. I've been, I've been trying to get this girl to let me tell the story because we're still friends, and she actually occasionally listens to the pod. So I didn't want to like bust this story out. And she called me like, what the fuck? Because it is a what the fuck type story. And I will tell you that right now. So sometime during the fall season, we'll get it done. All right. Before Wait, when, we you're, this- when you're talking about blinding her and busting this story out, I like what you, I like what you did there. The Kenneth catastrophe we'll get to. Yeah. But hey, speaking of, of fall swing, we want to remind bad. everyone. So the Tournament so- of Champions, we talked about this. The Tournament of Champions, we, we, we are going to run that tournament. We've got the league ready to go. It's all fully loaded. 
Clam Digger Ball is in there after this week's win. We were planning to run it for next week, but a couple of downfalls, we changed networks, I changed sites, things like that, that we were doing. We wanna make it as good as possible. We wanna gather as many prizes as possible. And we also thought running it at a 30 man, no cut event next week wouldn't be as ideal. So we're looking to run it the first week. I believe it's the, the Fortinet or the AKA Fortnite championship. It's gonna be a battle just like that. We're certainly gonna get into it, but we'll keep you guys updated on that everyone's all good we're just gonna try and make it better that's all it really comes down to other than that kenny i got nothing else clam digger ball is gonna see us in the three man this week uh one shout out though s wool two i used to call him swole two his last name is willette and he uh he was really battling it out he wanted to take this thing down he messed me over the weekend he's won it already but the lj rosa another shout out there he had three of the exact same lineup finished third fourth fifth Kept S. Wool out, but uh, happy to see him up there again and make another run at it. Look out for more Lister Leagues in the future. All right, that sounds good. The PGA Tour heads just outside of Baltimore, Maryland this week. My neck of the woods. I will be there Sunday in one of the suites, like the $300 tickets on the 18th hole. I'll be hammered. If you're going, come see me. Um, it's actually going to be my birthday, so you can buy me drinks. Uh, this is the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. So the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings are here, you know, trying to get into the top 30. Of course, everyone knows that. Uh, of course, this means no cut event, you know, four rounds of golf for everyone, unless you get that dreaded no cut event withdrawal. We haven't had one of those in a minute, so it's possible it happens this week. Um, now, you know, this course has actually never hosted a PGA Tour event in the past, but it did host a senior open, a senior event uh, just a few years ago in 2017. Uh, one thing we can glean from that event is that the longer hitters on that, on the tour, on the senior tour actually pretty excelled. Uh, Scott McCarron, who won the event, was third in driving distance for the year on the senior tour. Brand Joe, who finished second, uh, it was fourth in driving distance for the year. Uh, and then also everyone in the top five is inside the top 25 in driving distance for the year. Very small sample. Of course, it was actually 300 yards shorter as well. Uh, but of course, I've seen you guys hit a little bit less also. Uh, now, new courses are always tough to judge, but uh, you know this one might be even a little bit harder. I've actually heard people saying, you know, possible birdie fest way over 20 under, uh, you know, but then I hear the course superintendent saying they're going to try and make the rough high. Uh, you know, you add that to the fact that the fairways are very, very narrow. Maybe it'll play hard. I mean, if you remember, you know, the, the way... The BMW normally was been set up prior to last year. Uh, I think it was five straight years or minus 21. Uh, so last year at Olympia Fields, we were all thinking the same thing. I think the majority of us, uh, they're going to try and make it play a little bit easier. Uh, you know, give it, give it. And I think doing that gives the people down below in the, you know, 50 to 70 range, a little better shot to try and move up. Um, because as we know, the tougher the course, the more the elite guys sort of, you know, stayed towards the top of the leaderboard. Uh, but, you know, we were definitely wrong. I think Rom won last year at minus four. If you remember that playoff, or I don't know what the playoff of the 18th hole, but those dueling birdie putts just snaked on those greens. Uh, it was pretty sick stuff. Uh, very, very entertaining to watch. I had, a, I had a lot of fun watching that event last year. So, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, and you hit it in the rough last year in Olympia Falls or Olympia Fields. It was basically like a stroke penalty. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like that this year. Uh, still need, you know, I would pay more attention to what the golfers say, um, you know, interviews on social media and check out the golf channel to try and get, 
as much information as you can prior to lock. I'm going to give you uh, all the info I know uh, and try and make you, uh, you know, understand the course as well as possible. So here we go. Uh, Caves Valley Golf Course is a top five year in the Zion, plays about 7,500 plus yards, par 72 with four par threes, four par fives. Uh, Fazio also designed the the Olympic uh, golf course in Japan. So just a little heads up. I don't know. Uh, maybe Xander up in there. If Sabatini is playing. <laughs> Hideki, maybe. Uh, now, uh, you know, the, the par fives are all under 570 yards. So golfers should have a chance to reach if they had the ball in the fairways, the four par fives. The four par threes are long and difficult with at least three being well over 200 yards. One of them's listed at 192, but of course the tee boxes can change. They can make that over 200 yards. Uh, the par fours vary in length. Length six are played between 450 and 500 yards. Three actually play under 380 yards. Uh, I don't know if all three are drivable, um, but I'm guessing at least a couple of those are. And for Bryson, I would say maybe he goes well. We'll see how it goes. Um, now, off the tee, golfers are going to see narrow fairways that average about 25 yards in width. That's pretty damn narrow. Uh, bunkers will be in play, and there is some water, but not as much not as much sand or water as there was at Liberty National. Uh, if golfers miss the fairway, they're going to see rough. That's going to be at least three inches. Uh, you know, that's what she said. And then, so you know, it, it could be more. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the course superintendent is planning, but it's going to be at least three inches. Now, I did get a tip from somebody. Uh, online who's on the course today what he told me about the rough was a lot of the rough is very high in locations where a golfer really has to fuck up to miss in that location he says the the rough in locations where golfers are predominantly going to miss does not seem that high yet yet i, I say that also uh because you know they can always grow it out uh, now the thing is the rough is bluegrass and rye uh, and I think I always think it's a little bit easier to hit out of bluegrass and rye tall rough than it would be, say, four inch Bermuda. Uh, so it could be because of the, the grass composition, it could be a little bit easier to get it out of the rough, even if it is tall. Uh, this is all conjecture. We'll have to see. We'll have to keep going as the week goes on to try and get a little bit more information. Uh, now, there's also going to be tall fescue if they miss as well. So, you know, there's some tall fescue. If they miss wildly, that's just going to be chip out, take your punishment, try to get it up and down for par. Now, on approach shots, golfers are going to see small, multi-tiered greens um, that that are pretty undulating. The greens are small, but they aren't as small as last week. Uh, I think a 5,200, 5,600 square feet average. I think the tour average is around 62, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, now, golfers will need to be accurate with their approaches to get the ball on the right tier for possible birdie putts. So again, that of course shrinks the green there a little bit, trying to get it on the right tier. Now, if golfers miss the green, they'll have to deal with bunkers, a standard fringe area, uh, and the occasional runoff area, which are mostly located uh, in the front of the greens, though not all of them are. And then all the other areas is going to be the thicker rough that's going to be around the greens. Uh, the greens are bent grass, stint meter rating of around 12.5. The way I see it, I think, you know, long iron, mid to long iron game, short game, length off the tee. Those are something that we can take a peek at, and that's going to be important. Uh, you know, if I'm going to guess right now with the, with the small, with the short par fours, uh, and, and the four par fives, 18 under, 
would be the winning score. I'm just guessing we'll have to see. And that's weather dependent as well. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? I love that you brought up the Olympia Fields from last year. And yes, it was a great finish. It was the Dustin Johnson double breaker from 44 feet or whatever to then have Rom make the 55 footer in the playoff. Uh, I needed both of them. I actually shipped a FGWC seat last year. So I was sweating it quite a bit. And that's why I remember. So I'm excited to get back to the BMW championship. Mind you, a different course, like you said. I'm with you on a, a few of those things. I think all of them are good. For me, biggest thing is just going to focus on the scoring. We're looking at a 69-man event. We're looking at all four rounds. If there's a withdrawal, so be it. That happens. It's golf. Wake up. Last, you know, We've seen a few of them last little bit here. But I do think that you know, just looking back, regardless if it's 18-under or if we are 20-under, like some are saying, or more, or we you know, shoot it wrong and it's 10-under, I'm still looking for these guys that can score. We talked about it earlier with Webb. T47, almost 90 DraftKings points. Uh, to put that into perspective, Finau had 138 and a half, and 30 of those were from finishing first. Someone has to finish first. But if you, t- you, know, you know what I mean? You back him out some, uh, it's down to the similar. So, you know, from 47th place to score that many points. And that's why I think Bryson is just going to be someone we talk about so much this week when we do get to that point. A lot of other guys we're going to talk about that make sense for this course off the tee distance in general uh, even rory has been quoted in the past as saying guys like bryson get that advantage when we get this rough or if it does grow out a little bit more where they can just whack it out there and then be able to get themselves out get them up tight uh, four power fives potentially three drivable power fours i'm guessing one of them at least uh, from what i saw looks like you may have to set back a little bit but still uh, you never know what these guys are going to do and with four full rounds that's a lot of scoring opportunities so we'll get to that before we get into the tiers though kenny do want to let everybody know about a very special offer from DraftKings sportsbook the nfl is back and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving all new players a can't miss offer for week one bet just one dollar on any nfl game during the first week of the season and receive two hundred dollars in free bets instantly no matter what Take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code FGD to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, so let's get to these tiers. In this 10K range, we got more Kyle with the bad back, all the way to Mr. John Rahm. How are you going about this this week, my brother? I mentioned at the top last week, I had about 70% John Rahm, John Smith, a little inside joke. John Smith will be going back to John Rahm. Let's just say that. I certainly like him. I think... You look at the strokes gain data, you just look at everything in general and just forget all the data for five minutes and, and just think about this. He's just so good. It doesn't matter. He came third last week. He could triple the 18th and still finish third. And he played horrible down the stretch. I thought, I think it was someone else today that Kyle Porter then retweeted or quote tweeted and said, it's crazy to think John Rom had the lead for two holes at the U.S. Open and shipped it. 
And he had the lead here for like what, 68 holes and then buried it or 65. It's just the way it goes. And again, back to the top, good for Tony. But John Rahm is a guy, I don't really care the price. I always say this, but they don't adjust it enough. He could be 13, he could be 13-5. Really doesn't matter if he sucks, so be it. I'm gonna play him, I'm not gonna go away from that. I like him quite a bit at the top. I like Justin Thomas a little bit, but I think he's going to be a little bit more popular. We'll hear more on him. I'm sure there's going to be, there's already some chatter around him. He could score well. It's a four day event. I don't mind though. The guys at the bottom a little bit. If you want to stay in this range, I like Rom and then dropping down. I uh, will definitely be talking a lot in the nine K range, Kenny, but DJ and Brooks, two guys that just can score in bunches, get four full rounds. Certainly want to make their mark as much as anyone out there. Didn't have the best weeks, but I think this could be a, a completely different scenario with the, the distance, the off the tee, the good driver, the full game, and all the scoring potential. There's a lot of eagle potential, things like that out there for those two guys. So it's Rom for me. If I had to pick a couple others, it'd be DJ Brooks, but I'm going to be going Rom heavy and then dropping down below into the 9K range. Morikawa, just one quick thing. Uh, last time he got there a little bit early. I know he's here a little bit early for this week. He got there with the delay that we just had in the Northern Trust, was at the Open where he shipped it and became the championship, the champion golfer of the year. The injury worries me a little. And I also think the approach game never hurts, but these are greens that people hit a lot more anyway. He's obviously always in the mix if the putter's on, so it's hard to go against him. But uh, Rom, DJ, and Brooks would be the three that I'm looking at up here. What about you? I, I sort of worry about Morikawa. Having back injuries at 23 years old, that is not something that you would like to see. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that in the future. I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, but that is something that is worrisome uh, for a guy that young. Um, when it comes down to it, I had back problems throughout my life very young. Um, and uh, it's been bothering me for my whole life. Uh, so so we'll have to see about that. And back in the day, I was in shape. And you know, now I'm fat. And that's why I'm having even more back problems. But back then, I was in shape. And I you know, I was looking good. I was an athlete. Uh, and then those back problems stuck with me for the rest of my life. So we'll have to double two. We'll have to keep an eye on that form. Hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully it's minor. Uh, he can go out there and do his thing. Uh, Kepka interests me a little bit because he, you know, other than Sunday, he played pretty well for about three rounds. He, he I think he was 11 under a few strokes back inside the top 10 going into uh, Sunday before, you know, a little bit of a Sunday collapse. Uh, if his ownership is down, I like him. I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm Rom. I'm going to play him no matter what. Uh, my strategy probably is going to be a lot of Rom and then a lot of lineups with multiple 9K guys uh, in there because I do like the 9K range, but I will do my first cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Justin Thomas at 10,600. Uh, he found his putter uh, a little bit, and we all know how good he is with his irons again. Uh, a no cut event. It's that's him and Xander's shit, right? If you're going uh, narrative way, uh, so I mean, you don't really have to talk too much about him. The guy's sort of looked. He looked more like himself uh, last week than he had in the past. I'd say month and a half. So uh, I do like Justin Thomas. He'll be my first cash game cornerstone this week. Um, and then let's move down to the nine K range. Um, you know, I, I'm going back to Tony. Uh, I have no problem going back to Tony uh, on this. He's not like a young kid. He, I know it might feel like his first win, but he's got like 27 children. So he's not going to go out party all fucking week and do the thing. He's probably gearing up and working hard again, or, you know, at least playing with the kids or doing something. Uh, he's not doing anything silly. He'll come in here 
Uh, he'll be ready to go. He won't be tired. I got no problem playing Tony uh, at 9,800 again this week. My cash game cornerstone in the 9K range. I have two of them. I'm going to go with Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, if you think about it, if the rough is thick, the fairways are narrow, there's four par fives, and there's three possible drivable par threes, maybe two. I mean, that screams Bryson. You know, and the thing is, like, even though he didn't do that great last week, he had, like, 25 birdies or better or something like that. It it was an insane amount of birdies uh, that he had. That's what you're looking for in a no-cut event. Uh, you know, even if he finishes 30th and has his top 10 of birdies, you're still, it's at 9,300. It, it, it could probably still pay off. Uh, so it just seems like a smart play. He, he, I think he's going to be very popular um, in, in GPP. So if you want to go the other way for, for game theory perspective, uh, that makes sense. But for cash, I'm locking him in. Uh, and then I'm also going Hovland. I'm locking Hovland, and who's number one in birdies or better uh, in the last. Uh, 50 rounds in this field. Uh, number two in DraftKings points. Again, he struggled last week again, but he had 23 birdies. Uh, and that's that's what you're looking for. And if this really becomes a birdie fest, you want those guys who consistently, continually make a shit ton of birdies. Uh, and Hovland is one of them. Uh, I don't. I think I am going to look a little bit of around the green play this week, but not as much as last week. These greens are a little bit bigger. Um, and so I, I think, you know, that's his weakness. Uh, if you can avoid that, hit some greens. Uh, I really do like Hovland as my third cash game cornerstone. So again, I'm going very, very top heavy, uh, which has been my way of going when it comes to cash. Uh, of course, my final cash game cornerstone will be very, very cheap. And I'll tell you that here in a little bit. Uh, but those, those guys are the ones that catch my eye. I, I, I can't not play a $9,400 Rory. I mean, there's been people saying this is similar to Quail, uh, you know, and he won that event the last time out. Uh, so I like Rory as well. Um, I want to play a lot of these 9K guys. I'm not going to name them all because there's a couple more that I'll play, but I'll let you go, Tim. I'm not going to play a lot of them, but there's a few that I like so that I am going to play quite a bit of. I mentioned you up top. I'm pretty much extremely heavy on Rom. that I'm just going to leave it at that and, and go from there. Some of the other guys maybe get a little play, but I do like Rom up top. Uh, one thing about this, the Tony thing. So this for me, we'll get through it, Kenny, but it's a smaller field, so it won't be too long here. Uh, it's kind of the week of the flow chart. I don't have any art galleries. Or I don't have a metaverse with NFTs and everything, but I'll have some exhibits. And exhibit A is Tony Finau. And if, I always say this, it, do I like Bryson? Then I like Finau. Yes. Do I like Bryson? Yes. Then I like Finau? Yes. The difference is that he's actually cost more this week, which is crazy. And most people don't like to play a guy coming off a win. We talked about it. It's I know it's his second PGA Tour win, but it's like a monkey off your back. He's not going to go. He had the, he has an even shorter week. He has to get to work immediately, and he talked about that, as many of them do, coming from that event, coming over. So uh, I think this could motivate him even more. We know he plays good golf. He scores well. You mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned on the show or just before the show when we were chatting, but he, like the par five scoring wasn't even really there for him. And now we open it up with four par fives, drivable situations. He has a great around the green game. If you don't think he does, it's very underrated. I'll at least say that. So uh, I think if he, if, if he even needs that, greens are easier to hit. He can putt well enough to get there and score, but he does have a good around the green game if need be. So I do like that about Tony coming out of some of that rough or if more guys are in the rough because of these tighter fairways or the rough grows up. I think that makes some sense. Rory, Bryson, Hovland, those three for me, it's just too easy to play, the, the prices. So Rory, 
the Quail Hollow thing's one thing, but off the tee, ability to score, all the, you know, four full rounds is always the thing. Even if he has the bad Thursday, he's still got all those other three rounds. The only thing that worries me is Rory in tournaments that require 20 under, not normally his thing. Quail Hollow, another one was 10 under. He's always that 15 under or worse type scorer, but it's priced in. He's $2,300 less than Rom, and he can definitely be your second guy in with Rom or third guy in in the 9K range if you want even with some of the plays we'll get to down below and it being a four-day event. Bryson, I will say this, Kenny, this is the last point we'll make because Hovland is fine. You know, he, he never gets angry. Like you said, he's always smiling. The thing about Hovland, he doesn't make quad bogeys either. That was after a quad bogey, the whole directly after that he snapped the putter up or bent it up or whatever he did, and then he had to move on. But the thing about Bryson is this week will be different than last. And what I mean by that, last week, if you remember, the ownership across the board was like 22% at the highest point and then it was extremely even a lot of guys in 13 to 17 percent range now, even rom was 17 percent. i expect rom to be a lot more than 17 percent in this field size i expect bryson to be the highest owned personally right now i'm not the ownership grew check out rumpier sports check out all the sites out there that you can find that on but i do think that if you look at it the biggest factor would be what if he's 28 why why would that discourage you in a 69-man event i know there's game theory but he can be in lineups that still have rory that still have hovland right below that have rom up top there's so many ways to go about it and ways to get different down below that i'm not going to let it discourage me with this many scoring opportunities out there so i'm definitely in on bryson quite heavily this week regardless of ownership i will say the one fade that i'm doing in a 9k range is someone that's actually been talked up a little bit so he's probably going to win um patch canlay I know a lot of people like him. Um, I know he won a memorial. Uh, the worry I have with him is his long iron play. Like if you look, he's he's near the bottom uh, in 200 plus. I'm thinking there's going to be at least seven to eight approaches from 200 yards. I mean, you got three or four par par threes. You got the four par four par fives. It worries me a little bit about Cantley. And I think he I think he's growing in some popularity. So we will see. I've already seen some tipsters uh tip him out uh that I respect tremendously. So of course I'm worried. Uh, uh you know, so so Cantley is gonna be in that the one fade uh I think I'm gonna have this week. But you know, we'll see. The guys I fade usually ball out, so maybe you should play him. Let's go to this eight K range. One guy that interests me here, if you're going I, a good way to be different this week is to, to, to play shorter hitters because I think everyone has come to the realization, at least the group think, is that the longer guys are going to have the advantage. The one guy that sticks out to me who is a shorter hitter is Harris English um, at, at $8,400. I like him a lot uh, this week as sort of a pivot play from a typical bomber that you are going to play. I mean, if you look, Rom is clearing away the best tee to green in the last couple of months. Number two is Mr. English. Uh, you know, and, and the, the good thing about English is even though he is a little bit shorter, he is still top 10 in, in strokes game par five in the last 50 rounds in this field. So you can score on those. He had he's had a bunch of eagles here uh, in the last month and a half, two months. He's been in contention a bunch in the last two months. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think he'll be popular if everyone's going the bomber um, way to go. But uh, I do think. Uh, that he makes a great GPP play uh, this week. I really love Paul Casey. 
Uh, he's probably my favorite play in this range. Everything just seems to line up for him. His long iron play, par fives, tee to green, uh, draft king points, his approach game, uh, everything aligns, and all the other stats are well above average uh, for the field. So I do like Paul Casey, even though he sort of shit the bed last week. Maybe that'll reduce his ownership. I think he finished 64th. Uh, last week. So I'm hoping that we can get him at a little bit reduced ownership here. I like Sanjay a lot uh, this week. It seems like his game is trending upwards. The game looks like it's been getting better. Tita Green looks like it's been improving here in, in the last few weeks. Uh, so I'll throw some on my Korean as well. What about you there, buddy? I was going to ask you, is this the first event you're attending since Sungjae won? Because the last time you were at a tournament in round four, we mm-hmm. were there. I was not yelling Korean sayings but you certainly were and we watched Sungjae take that down at the honda classic so is this the first event since it is it is i try to go to at least one a year so that was like 2020 and then yes so this will be my first one this year yep all right that's that's good mojo we got to get in on Sungjae then because that's certainly a spot to be there if kenny's going to be there on sunday what was the saying one more time for the boys what was it hanguk hanguk fighting Hanguk fighting. Okay. I had to ask because that was one of my favorite days probably in the world. Uh, we had a great time that fun. day and that and that night. But uh, let's go back to this range here for a second. The one guy you didn't mention. So flowchart exhibit B. Let me just bring you around this corral and see my next image up here, Kenny. Is it a strong field? Yes. Is scoring prevalent? Yes. Does he get all four rounds? Yes. His name's Scotty Scheffler. Sign me the fuck up. This guy goes off in these events. He's been doing it all season long. He's 8,900. They got me with the best buy pricing. I'm in on Scotty Scheffler. This guy goes off in these events. Certainly a spot he wants to prove himself even more. And by the way, we've been waiting for these guys to get their W's. I know Tony's was a second, but we talked about this exact theme earlier where it felt like his first answer. Big time event gets it done. Tony Finau to finally get the monkey off his back. Big time event gets it done. Scheffler has been hunting these wins down. There is no Will Zalatoris, folks. Forget about it. It's the FedEx Cup playoffs. Of course, he can't be here with all his points that he should have. But Scotty Scheffler is a guy to get after this week. I do like him. Another guy, no bias, Corey Connors, just gained huge over the weekend. He will have one bad round. We know this. But that's why we're excited because he gets all four. Uh, He should score pretty well at 8,600. I think he's a great play in this range. Sam Burns, another guy. And I don't know. I know you mentioned that, you know, maybe the ownership play on these shorter hitters. It's certainly a possibility. Uh, not that Decky's a shorter hitter. I'm just talking about these types of guys. Decky, Webb, English, Casey. They're just not really guys that are popping for me and, you know, focusing on scoring off the tee, upside, no cut. Hideki would fit that mold, but I'm leaning on some of these other guys. And the two I liked were at the bottom. You already mentioned Sungjae. We chatter back and forth about that. But Joaquin Neiman. Another guy, there's been some comparisons to the all-white, the Greenbrier, being played on bent in general, just a spot where Neiman can show up. I don't know about the scoring moxie and upside. He certainly can. He's done it. The Greenbrier was a prime example. But lately, we've been seeing sort of all-pars or, you know, things like that to get there. So I don't know, but I do like Neiman, M, Connors, and Scheffler. A little bit of answer and Burns. That's sort of where I'm at here in this 8K range, Kenny. Go ahead to the 7K range there, Tambo. Yeah, keeping it at the top. One guy I like. I don't know if Lowry will carry over. Probably will, but the guy I like is actually right below. Jason Kokrak, another guy that, again, has the distance, has the ability, has the upside. You talked about it plenty in the past yourself, Kenny, getting those couple of Ws and coming back, almost like a English light. English is definitely playing a better game. I'm not comparing that. I'm comparing the fact that they both got their wins and sort of have kept it going from there. That's what we've seen with guys like Kokrak, and I think that can carry over. So 
I do like him. One guy I'm going back to, uh, the cover boy for me this last week. It did not work out. Uh, I was all in on Spain. I was in on Rom, and I was in on Sergio. Man, what a comeback in round two for Sergio. Round one was a disaster. Just really that first hole, a couple other bogeys in there, but that that eight really hurt him. And even if that was a bogey, I think even a double, he made the cut. I think he finished plus one, one under made it. That was a quad. So that did not help start his week off, but to battle back from it. And then now we get four full rounds, something I'm going to go back to. I don't think anybody goes back to him at 7,600. Uh, Cam Champ, you and I talked pre-show about this. Another guy, really strong, just tee to green off the tee to green in general, off the tee heavy. Uh, just won the 3M Open after a top 11 in the, in the John Deere Classic. We know he can go low, low enough to even win. Uh, you know, big time player out there, long off the tee, can score in bunches if the putter gets going. I like him. And then the other guys at the bottom, Vegas, Hoffman, McNeely. We always like McNeely to score. I like a guy just below him who we'll get to when we drop down. The only other guy for me, Kenny, and I want to get your opinion before you take over this range, Cameron Tringali. So he doesn't really pop for me. And he did do a lot with the putter last week. But the one thing I would say is if you look at the price tag and the scoring he put up, uh, he was even on the Listener League winner, Clam Digger Ball. He showed up there. What, what are your thoughts on Cam Tringali? And then go through the rest of the range for me. I'm undecided. He did play well last week. He had a ton of birdies. Of course, his iron game is always strong. So he's definitely, I'm thinking about it. I don't know yet. We'll have to see as the week progresses, uh, even though it is a short week. But I'm with you up top. I, I do like Kokrak uh, a lot. Um, I like Lowry. Lowry's sneakily been playing really, really good golf. I think the price tag is actually a little bit cheap uh, for him. I mean, the, 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 his, his issue has been round four. Uh, for the first three rounds of these events, he's been pretty pretty well up there. So uh, I do like Shane a lot. I do like Kokrak. Excuse me. I'm with Sergio. I had Sergio as one of my cash plays last week. When I saw that four, eight uh, on the first hole, I knew it was over, but I did like his bounce back. He burned the last hole uh, that he played. So, you know, he's still out there trying to get his game out. He wasn't just full, don't give a fuck mode. Uh, so I do like Sergio. Um, going back, I, Evan Van Royen, you know, he impressed me. I, you know, the guy... Uh, it's coming off a win. The confidence is sky high in the final group once again this past week. Uh, after a win maybe two weeks ago, the guy's playing good golf. Uh, I don't think you can look away from that. I mean, the stats aren't going to show you anything. I mean, he's, I think he's 45th out of 70 or 69 in, in my rankings. Uh, but I'm not even going to pay attention to that because the way he's been playing, the confidence that he's been oozing, being in that final group with guys like Rom and Cam, who are both uh, Rom's proven winner. Cam, I guess two of his wins were on uh, team competitions, but still a, a winner uh, on tour. Uh, I, I like I like EVR uh, a lot. The worry, of course, for him is his wild driving, um, but it didn't really come into play too much last week until Sunday. Uh, so I, I, I like EVR uh, going down just a little bit more. Um, I think my favorite play on the board is going to be Charlie Hoffman in seven seven K flat and not on the board, but in the seven K range, at least a lower seven K range, just tons of birdies. I think he's fifth in birdie or better game in the last 50 rounds uh, in this field, uh, second in approach in this field in the last 50 rounds, probably when it comes to just straight numbers uh, stats, the best from 175 to 200 and 200 plus combined. Uh, in this field. There's going to be a lot of mid-iron play. There's going to be a lot of long-iron play. I like Hoffman a lot uh, uh, this week. Uh, so so those are my guys um, in this 7K range. Let's go ahead and move on down to the 6K range. Tambo, why don't you go ahead and get us started? 
Yeah, one last thing on EVR. I do worry about the driver, like you said, but if I was building a new block or a new a new section in my exhibit here, Kenny, he would fit. We've talked about it in the past for the Scotty Scheffler reasons, right? Strong field, big names, tough course, but you know, this is an easier course is what we're thinking, but I'm just saying in general, these are the types of times he shows up, especially when he's got a little bit cheaper price tag. And like you said, coming off a W and another good result, probably some confidence there that we should look into. So I don't hate that one. I like the Chuck Hoffman call there. There was also uh, the big masters narrative, right? For Chucky Hoffman, he's a, you know, we always say Charlie Hoffman, first round leader at Augusta. He hasn't been there in a couple of years now. He's sitting 29th right now this week. I don't know how much that will matter. He still has to come out and play good golf over four rounds with 69 of the best in the world, but it's definitely capable. I like your call there. The guy I was mentioning earlier when I mentioned sort of that Vegas Hoffman McNeely range, I think all of them are viable. But Cam Davis uh, really hasn't done much lately, so I expect his ownership to be somewhat low. But I think this is a great spot for a guy. 6,900, some more Best Buy pricing in a totally different range for that matter. But Love is scoring upside. We always played him at that hell. I was playing him at 9,000 after he got stuff going on in some of those weaker fields. Uh, but we get four full rounds here. One at the Rocket Mortgage. Off the tee was still strong last week. Bent is his best surface, and I certainly think he can carry some of last week over and just keep it going. And we know when he gets four rounds, all those eagle opportunities, that's sort of what Cam Davis does. He's long enough off the tee, can get out of the rough, great approach shots, can get some putts to go down. So I think he's a really great play at 6,900. Mentioned Keith Mitchell earlier, who said balls of steel to finish the round with a birdie streak. Uh, very confident and relaxed in the interviews. T to, to green game in general has been strong, and off the tee has been solid for so long. So I expect him to continue. And then the last real flow chart of the week that I got, Kenny, I call it Exhibit C. Do I love John Rahm? Yes. Is Palmer playing? Yes. Probably plugging the fuck in. Ryan Palmer and John Rahm go together often. So I do think that makes a lot of sense down here. Some more punt plays for me, Kenny, just because it is a no-cut event and there is opportunity down here. Wise and Kazire. I think both of those guys have upside. Long enough off the tee can make those birdies for you. Uh, Kazire looked really good last week until... He snapped the driver over his back on round four. Speaking of Hovland earlier, snapping a club. Uh, Kazire, the argument back and forth between Spieth and ZJ and everyone involved, and did he do it on purpose? It certainly looked intentional, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, Gooch, not really popping for me, but this is just a talent play. Too good, too cheap, potential, upside, scoring. And then Swafford. Swafford coming off, uh, you know, solid last two events. Can definitely make things work at 6,000 even at the bottom and looked really good off the tee and on approach last week. Didn't really have the putter in the around the green game, almost like Hovland for much cheaper in the sense that Hovland statistics last week, not in the player and the caliber and the upside, but at 6,000, it's priced in the off the tee and the approach did look really solid last week. Stats wise, just didn't have the around the green game and the putter. So hope he stays hitting those easier greens and then can make a few more putts at $6,000. What about you down this range? I like Munoz a lot this week. I mean, if you look at his last four made cuts or last, I mean, last four times he played four full rounds, uh, the birdie or betters, he had uh, 23, 23, 17, and 20. So lots of birdies uh, by Mr. Munoz. So I don't mind him uh, at, at 6,700 um, going down a little bit more. Uh, and people are talking about Max home a lot. I think uh, Andy Lack um, at ADP Lack Sports. He was on Mayo's show. Um, a, a few months ago, really, really sharp guy was 
talking up Homa uh, a lot. And so I'm just going to tail Andy on that one because he's a pretty sharp dude. Go check out his pod uh, to, to learn more about uh, Homa there. Uh, and then I like uh, my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Mr. Aaron Wise, who has been on a little bit of a tear when it comes to birdies. I mean, if you look at his last few events, I mean, he had the ninth of Memorial. It's another long 7,500 yard about par 72 uh last week he finished 21st but he had 22 birdies uh, he had 21 birdies or better uh, at the Wyndham. so he's he's looking at like you know almost um like 45 birdies in his last what 144 holes uh that's what you're looking for no cut event punt play at 6300 so my, my cash game cornerstones this week justin thomas at 10,600 we got um Bryson, nine thousand three hundred. Hovland at nine thousand. What was he? Nine thousand two hundred or nine thousand nine thousand one hundred. And then we have um, Aaron Wise at sixty three hundred. It still leaves you fourteen seven to finish your lineup. Which is plenty. It's a, it's a stacked field. Uh, so there, there's there's definitely room for guys. You don't even have to dip back in the six k range. Uh, those are I, I like your Gooch call uh, a lot when it comes down to it. Those are going to be probably my my major 6k plays uh the one uh, the ones i listed uh, about three or four of them yeah one more guy i'm gonna throw in the mix just because you're gonna be there kh lee down at the bottom six thousand he's gained off the tee in six of his last seven he's six thousand as well if most are playing swafford who i am uh, i still think kh lee can get in the mix wouldn't play the two of them together myself but i do think he's an interesting play down there and then the fact you're there is just the icing on top the cherry on top so i'll go with that kenny anything else yeah, the guy's been crushing it off the green. He's just a couple of weeks off, removed from 11 strokes, gained tee to green. So, uh, yeah, so I do like I like him uh, as well. So let's, I'm good to go. Let's go to our bets this week. Tamba, go ahead. Yeah, I got five. Bryson, we talked about 28 to one. I missed, I think some got him at 35 or 33. That number's crazy for him anywhere. I don't care, especially here with upside and opportunity. So I'll take that. Rory, uh, I'm chasing this one. I liked him last week. He was 22 to one. I'm rolling with him at 28. I'll go to that. Neiman, who I've mentioned throughout the show, uh, all these guys have a top five each way attached. Neiman at 50. Cam Champ, who I mentioned, at 100. And then Keith Mitchell at 160 with the top five each way. So that's my five for this week, Kenny. What do you got? I got JT uh, at 20 to one. Uh, I got Bryson at 28 to one. Paul Casey at 33 to one. And Hovland at 33 to 1. I might add a couple uh, as the week progresses. You're one and done, Tamba. I looked right now. It's, I think it's the last week, I want to say. So uh, I'm out of it. I think I'm 800th. I would need like a win and nobody else to get there. So I looked for the lowest percentage available guy that nobody else had. And for me, it was Neiman that, that I, sorry, that I actually thought could win. And, and Neiman was the guy. So I'm going to roll it out and see what happens and, and see what he does here. I'm going to same strategy as you. I'm going to go Casey. Uh, this week, somebody down below that I think can win and might not be very popular. All right, anything else for us this week? No, it was good, man. We had to talk a little bit longer. It was Tony week. Mm-hmm. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT, of course. You can find my weekly write-ups on GupsCorner.com. My course preview is already out. I'll have my uh, final betting card and my single favorite GPP play in each price range coming out tomorrow. Use promo code DGEN25. Get yourself 25% off a membership to Gups Corner, which includes all sports, including NFL and college football. And you get a, a free seven-day risk-free trial when you try it out as well. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well, at Totag and Tambo. 
hit me up there if you guys have any questions in the dms whatever there's lots going on i can try and help out where i can a lot of guys already reach out to me so i don't mind that and then over at run pure sports you mentioned it promo code dgen50 get yourself signed up 50 percent off your first month i'm going to be doing a ton of stuff there video content's coming out soon going to be doing nfl pga all of my stuff if you want to follow me and go there for that as well as everybody else big t hoop ap jsu all the guys lots of guys over there draft cheat everyone you name it so too many to name but lots of guys you want to get after so head on over to runpuresports.com and check us out there all right tony fee now where he be now in the motherfucking winner's circle this is going to be fun it's the playoffs let's win some motherfucking money dj nation